welcome to Coffee with the Sarlows. I'm Kelly. And I'm Karen. We are a mother-daughter duo of mediums, medical intuitives, psychics, and energy healers offering personal sessions to clients all over the world. And this is our podcast. Coffee with the Sarlos is a platform to share the remarkable experiences of our clients and the messages that are channeled for them from the spirit world. These stories will make you laugh, some will make you cry, and some are certain to be an absolute butt-kicking with love. Our intent for this podcast is to gently and kindly challenge your belief systems, grow your empathy, and help you find pieces of your own self in each one of these individuals' stories. Karen, before we get into today's show, let's start things off with show notes. Yes, Kelly and I have personal practices channeling for local and international clients. If the stories in these shows is something you'd like to experience, you can request your own personal session through our website, bysarlo.com, or email us at info at We also have gift certificates available if you wish to gift this experience to someone anywhere in the world. We have a second podcast series called Sips of Sanity. This series is your emotional and intuitive intelligence toolkit. We pick one topic every month and provide you with healthy tools for critical thinking and communication. This series airs the first week of every month. The first show in every series is free and can be found on our website, your favorite podcast platform, or YouTube. The remaining four shows can be found at patreon.com forward slash by Sarlo. Patreon is our membership portal with a ton of monthly benefits for those of you seeking to grow your emotional and intuitive intelligence. Karen has a personal blog that explores the beauty and importance of intuitive gifts. There is a question and answer segment that addresses listeners' questions. As we mentioned, you can find the complete Sips of Sanity series here along with handy habit trackers and great reflective questions to help you get the most from the shows. We provide you with guided journeys and music to enrich that experience, and we're running an emotionally intelligent, interactive book club. And for the patrons in our top tier, we're giving away a free half-hour channeling session with one of us every month. If you're interested in joining us, head over to patreon.com forward slash by Sarlo. Now on to today's show. Good morning and welcome to Coffee with the Sarlos. I'm Kelly. Good morning. I'm Karen. As you've been hearing all year, our evening with medium events is a no-go for 2021. Um, We're still waiting on better news from our government to make sure that it's safe before we roll those events out. So stay tuned. We have a second podcast show called Sips of Sanity. Those are 10 to 15 minute podcast shows that run Monday to Friday, the first week of every single month. We pick topics on emotional and intuitive intelligence and we give you a toolkit. The very first show is always free and it's available at bysarlo.com and on YouTube. The remaining four shows in every single series every single month is found at patreon.com forward slash bysarlo. Yes, and Patreon is a wonderful membership full of emotional intelligence tools. So not only is it Sips of Sanity, Karen has a wonderful blog on there that she writes monthly. We do guided journeys and meditations. We offer a free draw um, every month for a half hour free session Mm -hmm. with Karen or myself. And as most of you are maybe sick of hearing at this point, but we don't (laughs) care, we have a book club and it's super exciting. These are all books that focus on emotional intelligence. 
not so much intuitive intelligence just mm-hmm. yet, but it does it does kind of lend itself to open up your gifts if that's something that you're interested in. Um, this is a wonderful community that we've got going on on Patreon. So we always invite you to join us. Again, that's patreon.com forward slash by Sarlo. Kelly and I have private practices individually. Um, we see our clients all over the world by Zoom, Skype, FaceTime, telephone, WhatsApp, and Theralink. Everybody asks the question, will it be as accurate as if you're here in person? And the answer to that is, of course, yes, because our relationship with the spirit world is what gives us the accuracy for your session, not where you're sitting. Yes. And last but not least, we have gift certificates available. So if you are looking to purchase that for a special someone, as Karen mentioned, anywhere in the world, you can do so by submitting a form on our website, bysarlo.com. You can email us at info at and we can do those up. If you're local, we can put them in our mailbox. You can pick them up contactless. Mm-hmm. We can also do a PDF printable format for anyone who is distance. Ready? Mm-hmm. Okay. Let me do some adjusting here. Me too. So I need, I need two names. I have a male and a female. Okay. I'm going to go with Jonah and Amy because I'm into a new show now. Oh, okay. Um, Amy is the client and um, she makes, um, I can't remember how her session, I think we saw each other. So somehow over some form of technology, of course, because of COVID days. And Not because of COVID days. Oh. Because we made a great executive decision to mm. no longer see clients in person. Right. Did you mention that in the show notes? No. You didn't offer in person. <laughs> right. But we did say that we see clients all over the world. Right. And this, this was a decision that sort of resulted from COVID hitting. Most certainly. Um, so it's a decision we've made for our safety and our health. Mm-hmm. So I can, Amy and I can see each other. And um, she says at the beginning of her session, I understand um, a little bit about soul contracts. And she says, not fully. I've just been told by some friends that you and Kelly do them. And she says, and I've heard my girlfriend's stories about the type of information and the things that came out in the soul contracts. I would like to ask you about one. And I was told just to say to you that I want a soul contract and the person's name. Is that okay? And I said, yes, I'll, I'll look up the records. Well, I, I shouldn't say I'll look up the records. That was arrogant as all get out. The guys will look up the records and they will give me the information is a far more accurate way to say that. And if I'm allowed. <laughs> exactly. Wow. Talk about having to check in with your ego, eh? Yeah. Daily. <laughs> yeah. So um, I said, I will do my best and I will, I will tell you everything that I can. If it suits your purpose, that's great if it meets your needs. But I, and I will check in to see if it's meeting your needs. And if not, you can let me know and we'll move on to something else. So I said, who do you want the sole contract with? And she says, I'd like you to look up the contract between Jonas and I. Jonah. Jonah? Pardon me. You can't just give me a job and then take it away. <laughs> or, or screw it up on yeah. you. <laughs> right. <laughs> Jonah, go ahead. On Jonah. So I said, no problem. I said, I'm going to need a few minutes so that the guides can show me and download everything so that I can answer your questions. 
And then after those few moments, because I really don't know how to explain to people everything that occurs in those moments. Mm -hmm. And I know, I don't know how you would describe that. I don't know that I would do it very well. Okay. I think, I mean, A, it's lickety split. Yeah. If I can use a fun adjective. And Um, it's changed over the years how that comes in. Yep. I hear a lot more than I see these days. Because I find that that can happen really quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it, it, but it's different every time too. I know that it's happening quicker and quicker for me and that yeah. I'm getting more and more information. Hence lickety split. Yes. I like your expression. Thank you. It feels leprechaunish. <laughs> no? <laughs> okay, that's awesome. We're in and around to the right time. I, I like that. Yes. Yes, we are actually mid-March. So... She says, just go whenever. And I said, I'm going to give you the information and you can always still interact and ask the guides questions as we're going through it. And she said, well, I find that really interesting. She says, because I went to see a channeler years ago. And she says, when I went to see that channeler, you weren't able to talk to them. You weren't able to interrupt them. You couldn't even make any noise. And I said, oh, I said, I I remember myself seeing Lee Carroll, um, who is a world-renowned channeler. He's channeled for the United Nations. He's written tons of books. He's known all over the world. And I said, I I saw him here in North Bay. And at that time, that particular time I saw him, you couldn't, you couldn't interact. He walked in, sat down in front of a group of people, closed his eyes, channeled whatever information was coming out of out of his you know mouth meaning on behalf of the spirit world and then he just got up and he left hmm. there were there were like at that point there were no questions no conversation that was it and we were told do not make an, a not even a pin drop hmm. if you have to go to the washroom go before it starts so this this channeling is very different than that because this is interactive So I began when the spirit guides downloaded and I said, okay, I said, I'm being told that, um, this is a, this is a partner. And she said, yeah. And I said, um, this is like, I mean a partner for you. I don't mean a partner for anybody. I mean yours in particular. I'm, I'm stuck. Um, I'm, that super sucks about that type of channeling. Oh, sorry. I know you've moved on, but I'm, I'm sitting here thinking to myself, yeah, every single time I run through consent with someone, Mm -hmm. Not only do I say you can interact and ask questions, but I also like really hammer home that if at any point they become uncomfortable with mm-hmm. the message, that they just need to give me that little dentist finger, meaning like, can we back up for a second here? And, and we reset a boundary. Mm-hmm. And I think, wow, to walk into a room, especially if you're in, in public with people, if it's a group session with this gentleman channeling, and you can't interrupt at all, what if you become uncomfortable with where it heads? That kind of channeling with Lee Carroll in particular is not personal to anyone in the room. Ah. He channels what's going on in the world. He channels world events for the United Nations. So he would sit down and he would say what was going on, you know, like maybe with the Indigo children. Or he would come in and he would start describing what was going on at the United Nations or what was going on between countries or in different dimensions or on the planet. If you look up Lee Carroll, if anyone's interested in this kind of channeling, he's outstanding. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised he hasn't been murdered. Not that I'm aware of. <laughs> I realize that. Right. I, it just boggles my mind. 
Yeah. It is an incredible person. Mm-hmm. But anyway, okay, so anyway. Husband, your husband. Yeah. So she knew about channeling. She had experienced this. This was a different kind of channeling. And because of the past experiences where she had seen someone like Lee Carroll in the past, she didn't understand why you'd want to book an appointment with somebody who did that because you weren't going to be able to have a conversation. And her girlfriends were like, what? Yes. Like you talk to Kelly and Karen, like you ask questions. And she was like, what do you mean you ask questions? So she had more of an interest because she could engage because this was going to be personal. Just to finish off that conversation. Oh, yeah. So then um, when she said about the person Jonah, the guys came in and said Jonah has been a partner of hers in this lifetime. This was partnership. And I wasn't sure at that point, past, present, or pardon me, obviously past, didn't know if it was still or where it was. And I didn't ask. I was just like, okay, let's let this unfold. And they said to me um, um, that Jonah and Amy had been married for decades and that they had known each other prior to that for a long time as well. So there was, you know, quite a bit of history for the two of them in this current lifetime and their families as well and friend groups and all of that. This like, it was very interwoven and they showed at the beginning how, um, I'll say even from childhood, how Jonah, um, how do I say that? Was very attention seeking and as positive attention came to him, through being funny, through being humorous, through being smart, through being musical, creative, doing a good job, like a lot of different things in life. Um, he enjoyed he enjoyed the attention. Our patrons are laughing because we just did <laughs> narcissism for our Sips of Sanity series. Oh, and it's coming. It's coming. But she doesn't know the terms or the words, so I have to make sure that I'm getting, I'm getting all of the proper behaviors correct because she's got to be able to affirm that these things are correct. So I said, well, I said, when you first married him, like you were part of that. So you, he included you more in those situations. So if he was being funny and he was out with people and you were together, he'd, he'd hold your hand, he'd touch your back. You felt more included in things. So it wasn't prevalent at first that he was feeding off of all of this. You could see it, but you felt like you were somewhat part of it, especially at the beginning. And I said, and people included you in it at the beginning as well. So there were no really red flags at the beginning of that. It seemed okay. And I said, and then over time, it became more prevalent that he had to have people's attention. So, and this changed gradually. It doesn't, it doesn't happen to you like overnight. It's just that now it's important that when he takes pictures um, and posts them on Facebook and stuff, that it has to do with showing or somehow bringing attention to what he's doing in it, even if she's in it with him, even if the family's in it. There ha- there's, there's a benefit what are you smiling at? I'm smiling because the episode that I just watched of Superstore last night, oh. one of the women gets married and the bridesmaid is doing exactly this, oh. where she's like <laughs> dead center of the photos. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. So um, over time, 
even if the kids are doing something, it's like he volunteers to be on the kids, like to coach the kids team, but he, he's in all of the pictures or he'll post my team, like everything gets slanted. Mm-hmm. And so eventually, as I said, I've got to be careful how I word all this for Amy to show that this really does change over time and that it happens so symbiotically that she's proud that he's posting pictures of the family. So really, what can you say about that? It's almost like if she walks up to him and says, hey, what's with posting the pictures of the kids, but making it all about you? He's not going to handle that well. He'll he'll rip her to pieces. You asked me to do things with the kids. I'm the coach. If it weren't for me, thirty kids wouldn't have a team. And so thirty kids. Or what kind of sports team sorry. is this? <laughs> Football. I don't know. I'm just. <laughs> sorry. At least you didn't say golf. <laughs> So the cat's out of the bag that Karen's not an athlete. No, because she puts an extra E in it when she says it. Right. Athlete. Shit. (laughs) God, she got me like everywhere here. It's okay. I'm sure I'll stub my toe after this. (laughs) So like if she challenges him, he comes back with like, you're just, I can't do anything right. I'm coaching the kid's team and then... He, he tries to shame her or put, I'll say to some degree, to a very big degree, puts her in her place so that if he's going to go off and do some more things, which he's going to do that day, and he's going to go out and post those things, that she has to kind of now sit back and go, I better not complain. I better not say anything. He's going to post that. And so it becomes more blatant, right? Because he's attacked her. He's, put, he's, he's telling her. You, you don't get to do that. So she goes, yeah. So Amy just says to me, this is good. This is good. This is what I need. And I said, oh, okay, I'm going to continue. She goes, I don't know how in God's name you know this, and I don't even know how you're getting the sports right. I don't know. I know you're laughing at that. But me neither, lady. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good at something. <laughs> totally. <laughs> I'd, I'd be your biggest cheerleader. Well, I am your biggest cheerleader. <laughs> so then I, I watched again for a while. I listened to more of what the guide said, and then they went into other areas. So they talked about this whole thing about the social media and, you know, that he's, Jonah's going to make sure that whatever he does is going to be right front and center. He's not going to do it. And when he's out there volunteering with other people, he's going to make sure that they like him that they know that he's there, that they're counting on him. I'm here. And and it's like fun. And he brings all the humor and he brings all of the energy. And so it's like, oh, Joan is here. And he, and he feeds off of that. And then this then moves into the home life with brothers and sisters on his side and hers. So now family members, as the years and the, as time goes on, he becomes more and more the center of attention. And over the decades, it's like she just disappears within her own family. It's like she disappears within his family. She disappears in the friend groups because he becomes front and center. And again, it takes time. And if she approaches and says, hey, what are you doing? I just said that. 
I, I just made that joke. And he goes, whatever. And then he repeats the joke and everybody laughs because he says the joke. And she goes, what are you doing? Why didn't you say something? Why didn't you say that was my joke? Why didn't you? Oh, no, 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 no. No, no. He's not going to do that. He's going to say nothing in front of anybody in public. He's going to continue the show. And then when they get home, then he will say something quietly to her. Or he won't. He'll ignore her. He'll withhold sex. He'll withhold attention. He'll go downstairs and just game. He'll watch Somehow TV. Somehow I have a feeling that he's not the one withholding sex. <laughs> well, it, it eventually <laughs> becomes. Yeah, I would imagine she's not <laughs> wanting it. And you, you've made a wonderful observation. Um, and, and I love that you did that. And it does come out in the session that he's the one that initiates doing that. And that eventually that she's the one that puts an end to it for good. And so now they're married and there is no sex at all for over a decade. Mm. And so there, is, so there is no hugging unless it's like a hug in public. It's Ooh. Christmas. It's, do you know what I'm saying? Like, I do. It's That's performance. horribly sad. Yeah. It's all performance-based. And so what happens then at home is that if he gets his laughter and he gets fed his ego in the work environment, in the friend groups, at social media stuff, it's all public. If he gets what he wants, cool. He's in a good mood. He can come home and be happy. If he doesn't get what he wants out there, then he can come home and he's going to take it out on the kids and Amy, but they will have no idea how or why. I was, just before we sat down to, uh, to record this show, I was editing our March Sips of Sanity, where we both simultaneously went to say, oh, they're such narcissists, they're such energetic. And I went in with vampire and you oh. said hemorrhage. Mm. And I laughed after the fact, because in my mind, I had thought you said an energetic hemorrhoid. Oh, <laughs> and I haven't been able to stop thinking about narcissists as energetic hemorrhoids ever since. <laughs> That's fantastic. It is fantastic. Oh, my God. Because they're just that fucking pain in your ass that sometimes makes you bleed. Right. And they hurt all the time. All the time. Uh. <laughs> and every time you have to exert a little pressure, you know they're there. <laughs> we could go on about narcissistic hemorrhoids. I think we just found the title of our show. Unless this takes a turn I'm not expecting. No, this is honestly such gold, Kelly. So the guides explain to her why he behaves the way he does at home. So he does little things. So if he doesn't get his his feed publicly, then when he comes in the door, there's, there's an edginess to him. And it could be that he's quiet. It could be that he's aloof. It could be that he blows up. And it could be over nothing. Mm-hmm. No, nobody knows what he's blowing up over. Every, each of the kids could look at each other and go, did you do something? I didn't do anything. Did you do something? I don't think I did anything. I left the lawnmower out. I didn't put it back into the shed. And so you, you, grasp. you grasp and you start looking for anything that you could have done wrong. And it's, it's like you start walking on eggshells when they're not even around because now you know through all of this training that you don't ever know what kind of mood they're going to come home in. So you're not certain mm, if somebody calls and says, hey, you know, and you want to jump on your bike and go for a bike ride and you look at the lawnmower, 
you don't really know if it's okay to leave it out or if that's going to blow up in your face. Or if you're not home, it might blow up in mom's face. Mm-hmm. And mom might take all of that and everything goes down on between mom and dad because the lawnmower was left out and that's what he's going to pick on. And he's going to attack mom about your behavior. And mom might have to try and defend you while you're not there. So the triangles are created. Mm -hmm. And she goes, oh my God. She goes, you call that a triangle? And I said, yes. I said, David Stoop wrote a book called Forgiving Our Parents, Forgiving Ourselves. That is an absolutely wonderful book on explaining triangling. Let's put that in our book club. Yeah? Oh, it's fantastic. And it, it and oh, I could go into that so much more right now, but I'll just suffice to say that Amy asked me to explain the triangles, and I drew them thanks to Dr. David Stoop, not to me personally, but because I've read the book and I understand them, I can do them to some degree, not to his degree, but I can sit there and draw a triangle and explain, you know, between the three, between mom, dad, and you, mom, dad, and your sibling, all the different triangles that get created. And why? Because dad can't cope with the fact that some other stranger earlier that day or that week didn't feed his ego, Mm. didn't bolster him. So nobody at home understands what's going on at dad's job or at work or in his friend group or when he got gas on the way home or someone who cut him. Like it just doesn't, it just doesn't matter where life just becomes an egg that you are constantly walking on, never understanding when it's cracking, when it got broken, what pieces you're picking up, like never. Okay. I'm, I'm very curious to know where this is going. Oh, yeah. Okay. It's good. So um, I'm just going to continue then, or did you have a question? No, I don't want to ruin anything. Okay. So I'm explaining all of this, and I'm looking at her, and I'm going, Amy, like, this is the sole contract. And she went, oh, yeah. And I went, so it's all correct so far? And she goes, yes. And I said, is this meeting your needs? Because that's one of our questions. Is this meeting your needs? And she goes, like, you have no idea. And I said, I haven't answered any questions. And she goes, oh, yes, you have. And I said, oh, you're asking them in your head, not out loud, because I haven't heard any come out of your mouth as a human being. But you and I hear a lot of what's going on in people's heads and reading the contract. So I said, so you're asking some of these questions. I sent you all these questions in my head before the session started. She goes, I wrote them all down. My girlfriend's told me, write down all your questions, put them in your head, and Karen or Kelly will answer them. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> There's a review. <laughs> yeah. So I said, okay. So I said, meeting your needs. Have I crossed any boundaries? Another check-in question. And she goes, have I crossed? What? And I said, well, it's one of our check-in questions. Have I crossed any boundaries? She says, I'm going to write that down. And I went, oh, I like that. Oh, I just had a sweet moment there. And I said, please do. And she says, I've never been asked that. I'll bet she hasn't. Mm-hmm. Sadly, eh? Yeah. So um, the guides then said to me, oh, and then I asked her a question. I said, may I continue? And she goes, okay, yes. She goes, you're asking me questions like this? And I said, these are our check-in questions. So she goes, okay. She goes, I, I need to write that one down. 
So she wrote that down. She goes, this is going to help me with my children. Mm. And I went, okay, write your questions down then, Amy. So we paused so she can put those on her paper. And then I went, I said, may I continue and go back to the guides? And she goes, yep. I said, so you're not wanting to ask any questions. I'm to just continue open soul contract with Jonah. And she goes, yes, you're doing fantastic. So then the guide said to me, okay, Karen, so this is eggshell times in her life. And she figures out from her girlfriend group who approached her as a result of the podcast that you and I do. Oh, cool. That she is a people pleaser. <laughs> and that um, they're concerned about her and Jonah and her kids. Mm. And that a couple of her friends are in social work. So, and I, I won't say anything more than that. I don't want anybody to think, oh, that's my girlfriend. I don't know who she's talking about. Oh, guys, we have international clients. Yeah, and we've changed names and everything. So, Clearly. Yeah. I meant because you fucked yeah. up the name I gave oh, in the right. beginning. <laughs> it was a dig. Right. <laughs> okay. So um, I said, so if I continue to read the contract, I'm being told that um, you you started listening to the, some of the shows and that you understand about the people pleaser and your contribution to staying in the relationship. And she goes, that's right. And I said, and I'm being told a celebration and a congratulations are in order because you've left. And she went, that's right. And I said, and that you've made this call today to know if you've made the right decision in leaving. And I said, and she goes, that's correct. And I said, um, that is your sole contract to leave. And yeah, she's so happy, Kelly. And I said, so you've moved in with your mom and your dad. And I said, as far as I can see, this all occurred right around when COVID hit. Mm. And I said, so it was beautifully timed literally, that you moved into a safe home because your mom and dad, as much as they are people pleasers, they are kind people. Mm -hmm. They wouldn't harm you or take advantage like Jonah did. And I said, so you're, you're, you're two children. And she goes, oh, she says, you, you, did you want me to affirm if that's correct or whatever, right or wrong? And I said, if you'd like to, um, but if not, it's okay. I don't know that it's... Nope, she says, I'm going to affirm that that's correct. And I said, I don't know if it's boys or girls. I said, I'm not getting told stuff like that. And she goes, no, that's not the point or why I said that. She said, I just wanted to validate for you. My girl, my girlfriend's told me about giving you your validations. Thank you, girlfriends. Yeah, no kidding, eh? And um, she said, continue. So the guides then said that she was currently living with her mom and dad. And that part of her soul contract was to re-educate herself because her career wasn't going to earn her enough money to be independent of her spouse after the children are on their own. Mm. And that, that wasn't the only reason that she actually needed to find who she is, that she needed to, to find jobs and try them, try school, try different... Actually, she was referred to, to you for... Um, Life coaching. Oh, thank you. So that she could actually, you're welcome, so that she could sit down with you over a period of time and figure out what are my interests? Mm. What kind of education do I want? Do I want to go back to school? This is perfect. And I don't mean that per, that I think COVID is perfect. I just mean that she's going to use the next few years of her life to stay and live with her parents, save money, work, Get her kid, like help her kids homeschool them right now because she's got two other adults to help her homeschool them. 
So she's doing, they, the three adults are doing their best to give her time to figure out her stuff, not worry about her financial situation, work out the divorce stuff. And she, you know, she says to me, it's not perfect. She says, I have to share a bedroom with my daughter. Mm -hmm. She says, we're giving my son his own bedroom because of the ages. I don't want my son and daughter sharing a bedroom at their age. Mm -hmm. So she goes, it's not perfect. I have to sleep in a room with my daughter. She goes, but because my parents have a three bedroom home. And she says, we forced our parents back into one bedroom. They were sleeping in two separate rooms. And she goes, so it's not the perfect situation for anybody. But it's certainly loving and kind, and we're going to work through this. And so, I'm this so shocked at how many people, couples, um, sleep in separate bedrooms. I'm hearing this more and more as mm-hmm. like the, the older I get that couples are doing this for their own sanity mm-hmm. and their own sleep hygiene, and they're doing it for their sleep hygiene. It's incredible. Yeah, there's snoring. There's just different things like night shift, day shift. Yeah. Like there's so many. I'm I'm learning a lot because in yeah. my head it was like, oh, the marriage is over, and I'm learning now. Like no, sometimes this is the healthiest thing that people oh. can do for themselves and each other. And her parents are sexually healthy. Great. Yes. So that part of it and going into two separate bedrooms wasn't about that kind of an issue. Her parents are still very much a couple. It was to, we'll come together, we'll have our sex, we'll snuggle and cuddle. Um, We might even fall asleep together, but if one of us wakes up, the other person... I'm going to go starfish on the other bed. You got it. (laughs) And I'm just going to go into the... And they have bedrooms on two floors in the house. So it's also that you could go to a completely separate floor and there's two separate bathrooms so everything is just that mm-hmm. you can get up in the morning. The dream. Yeah, like it's is well, and they've worked hard at this. So anyway, I meant they... two separate bathrooms. Oh. <laughs> you have to understand, people. I've grown up with one bathroom my entire life for yeah. a family of four. Yeah, and it's always <laughs> been you. very small. Yeah, it is. So the dream is separate bathrooms. Yeah, get it. Then the guides confirmed for Amy that this is her life path. Her life path is to be with her parents. It is not a failure. And the divorce is not a failure. That's right. Love it. It is growth. It is exactly what was written in her path in order for her to break her people-pleasing patterns, in order to recognize that that wasn't going to serve her. Her parents are watching her break her people-pleasing. So they're also recognizing that they had contributed to it and that they aren't to participate in that anymore and that they're not to interfere in how she raises her two children so that they don't become people pleasers. So her parents have an opportunity now to break their own patterns of trying to raise Amy, now grandchildren, to be people pleasers. They get to participate in not doing it and they get to go to Amy and say, How do you want this to be handled? Maybe I'll call the show How to Heal a Hemorrhoid. (laughs) Okay. Not that you have to heal the... Well, you don't heal the narcissist. I'm just thinking. You don't heal the narcissist, and that's the whole point. But the narcissist is your hemorrhoid, so it's just kind of... Oh, my God, you're on a tangent? (laughs) Okay. I've been sick for a long time. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's all good. (laughs) My head cold. (laughs) I realized that sounded funny too. <laughs> so the her mom and dad are solidly written into this contract with the grandchildren. Oh, I love that. They're written into stopping that people pleasing. 
to checking in, to asking the questions. And so the next little part, we had about 15 minutes left in the session. The guide said, okay, look, we've described her soul contract with Jonah. We've described the fact that she was to do the leaving, that she was to walk away, that she was to go to her mom and dad's, that this was to give her an opportunity to get an education again, to to be able to heal, to be able to learn new vocabulary, new conversations, to figure out how not to triangle her children, how not to triangle grandparenting with grandchildren to make sure that her parents didn't create the triangles. And so she got the tools. So she got the name of the book. She got, you know, let's talk about the book for a bit. So we did some of that. And she got to hear how much the guides were proud of her, that these decisions that she were that she is and was and will make that have to do with breaking all of the patterns have to do with healing her. No more focus on him. No more focus on how society builds him up. And then how, when he comes home, this is what's going to happen to all of you. I'm going to poop here and go out and be nice to everybody else out there. So I said to her, I'm going to tell you now, the term is communal narcissist. And she went, what? I thought this was what? And you, you could, and she, she named another narcissist. She said, oh, I thought this was malignant narcissism. And I said, no, no. I said, mind you, I'm not saying that he doesn't have some malignant narcissism in him. And she goes, what? You mean you can be more than one kind of narcissist? And I said, yes. You can be one, more than one type of mentally ill. Yes. You can be more than one type of physically ill. Yes, thank you. That's beautifully said and explained. Thanks. That gives great visuals for people to understand that. So she said, I've never even heard of this. And I said, well, I said, it's called a communal narcissist. And I said, and that mean, that all that behavior I've just described to you is solidly a communal narcissist. And I said, but that's not to say that he doesn't have the grandiose narcissist when he's out in public and all he's getting all this attention. That's grandiose. So I said, his behavior when he comes home and he acts it out this way is communal. So I said, when you have a combination of communal and grandiose, that's hybrid narcissism because it's more than one kind. I don't know why that term makes me laugh. <laughs> <laughs> Go on. I don't know. Just I think about hybrid. I've always only ever kind of heard of it in terms of a reference of like an eco-friendly kind of thing. And it's like hybrid narcissism. You're just like, what the fuck? <laughs> that sounds like a mutant. Well, and think about how lethal it is because now they're not just one kind. Oh, I, I get it. Yeah. I think that's why I laughed. Mm-hmm. So... I used those terms and I briefly explained that to her because we only had about 10 minutes left into the session. And then I told her about Patreon and I just said, once the session was over, I said, look, there's more explanations. If you're looking for more, I told her, told her about Dr. Romani's YouTube channel, um, Les Carter's. And we, I repeat this in different shows when we're talking about these kinds of topics. I have found more. Mm -hmm. I have found so many more channels 
um, on, on YouTube where lots of these different types of narcissism are explained. Um, and I just said to her, there's a whole education out there for you. You could sit there and just share it with your parents. You could put it on while you're cooking dinner and just listen to it so that you can actually place some of the behavior so that you can sit there and go, shit, that's what that was. I think too, when your kids reach a certain age, you could have found some videos to go, okay, I need you to watch this Mm -hmm. so that you can understand your own experience Mm -hmm. and not to be malicious, but I need you to sort of understand who your dad is and, and what has happened or what, what's happening in his brain for him to behave like this around you or us. Yeah. And it's, you know, I said to her, Amy, it's when you do that and you explain that to your parents, you explain that to, um, to your children, then you, you, you do it with the intention, let's educate. It's not to pick on, it's not to create a fight, but it's also to say, let's pull out all the confusion in our minds and the ways that we interact with each other based on what he was doing. It can give Amy and her children and her parents an opportunity to come back and be kinder to each other because now they can understand. So she's able to say to her mom and dad, I was trying to tell you he did these things and her parents couldn't see it. Mm -hmm. They couldn't understand it. They wanted her to stay in that marriage because he made it look like he was such a great person. Why would you leave him? Mm -hmm. And so now these explanations to her mom and dad, these videos are going to be able to help her parents understand what Jonah really was doing. They're going to be able to say, see very clearly mm-hmm. that he came over here and he was super playing with the kids. He mowed the lawn. He pulled the snow off of our car for us in the winter. He came over here to like butter us up, but then go back home and treat our daughter and our grandchildren like this and then make us feel like we could never really approach him. Because he didn't really give us any reason to actually confront him about anything, right? So that behavior isolates Amy and the kids because the public, her family, his family, can't see him for who he is. And that's what the communal narcissist does. It isolates particularly the partner or the children. Or, and if this is at work, then it could isolate where they just behave that way with one employee and nobody else. So that everybody thinks that one employee is the problem. They're the liar. They're the ones that have to go, this is a great employee. Mm-hmm. So if that's happening to you, now you understand what it's called. I have a client, a couple of clients actually, who uh, their mom... Um, it gets other people to do her bidding for her. So mm. she's a raging narcissist and she reaches out to her family and friends to complain about her kids. Mm. And the family and friends call the kids who are adults mm-hmm. to say, how come you don't call your mom? How come you treat your mom so terribly? Right. And it's just like, whoa. There you go. There's, there is a perfect example mm-hmm. of what a communal narcissist does. They would engage another person to come in and attack you and make it look like you're the one that's the problem, not them. Because they're just so nice. So nice. Mm -hmm. So Amy got what she wanted in the session. 
she wanted to know if she was on her life path. She wanted to understand why she ended up at her mom and dad's at her age. She wanted, she felt like she was going backwards instead of forwards. Instead, understanding that going to her mom and dad's is going forwards. It is not backwards. It's forward. Mm -hmm. But if we frame it that way in our minds that we have to go back to an apartment, I'm in a house. I have to go back and live or rely on my parents to financially support me. We think it's a backward step when in fact it's a forward step. Getting help doesn't mean you're going backwards. It means just the opposite. It means you're getting healthy. And I think it was really good for Amy to hear it worded that way. Even though her parents didn't make her feel like that, it was the stuff that was going on in her head, which we called ruminating. Well, it's also what society tells us. Yeah. And yet, in our culture, not in all cultures, because if we think about mm -hmm. the ones that have generational homes, living right. with your parents is the way you're supposed to be living, not, not a step backward at all. It would be a dishonor stepping out of their home. Right. That's a good point. I like that. Yeah. You, you, like, I really and like... I'm not saying I agree with either. I'm just saying it's different, different ideas. Right. And all what we're trying to do is point out that different ideas can, can take you out of ruminating and into a healthier place. So the last message the guides gave her was, don't waste your energy ruminating. Yeah. You only have so much energy from the foods you eat, and all the things that you do in a day that are actually going to be able to sustain your life. Make sure that you're not spending your time ruminating on the of those things that he did. We wanted to come in today to say, this is what this is called. This is what he is. This is what he's suffering with, communal narcissism. He suffers with this. We want you to understand it so you can move, understand, not go back into that kind of a pattern with anybody again, and move forward with your own life. Well done, lady. Mm-hmm. And Amy. Oh, her parents, mm -hmm. the kids. Like, and I understand, like, we had a little bit of a brief conversation outside of her session just at the end of that where she was thanking me and the guides for helping her understand the name and being able to be able to then go to therapy and say, okay, I think my partner's a communal narcissist. This is what this is what I understand it is. This is what his behavior is. And she she was grateful that she could move forward into the therapy with her with her psychiatrist to be able to uh I'll say walk in with some information instead of just trying to describe it over a period of time and it took time to figure out what it was. Mm -hmm. She felt a little bit more organized and prepared and calmer to go to therapy which I thought was just absolutely fantastic, that the guides could help her with that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Cool. Yeah. And I just thought, what an absolutely gorgeous story for anybody listening to this who may know that communal narcissist may really see a brother-in-law or see sister-in-law or see their own sibling. Your or kid. Yeah, a friend, anybody that just looks... Like that person that's so outgoing where everything looks just where they have to have the attention or, or where you go on Facebook and you always see everything looks good in their lives. I'm not saying that they're a communal narcissist. I'm not diagnosing anybody. I'm saying be aware. Because one of the things that people said to Amy over and over again is, you're so lucky to have him. 
You're so lucky. Joan is your husband. He's such a great person. And so you just want, like the ruminating means then that you stay stuck on that kind of thought. But when you go home, that's not your reality. They, they don't go together. Cognitive dissonance. Bingo. <laughs> Good? Yeah. And now she's, all the pieces of the puzzle are coming together for Amy. And I, I just think the guides did a great job of loving her. And if we go back to what she originally said at the beginning of the session, I just want to know what my soul contract is with Jonah. That's all she gave me and the guides to go on. And the guides came in and totally delivered the goods for her so that she could move on. Love it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, good Saturday morning story. I'm happy for you. Mm-hmm. Me too. I'm excited. Like, I hope I get to meet her again someday and see like where she comes down the road with all of this. Yeah. You know, just what she chooses to do. And I don't mean specifically, like, does she want to, will she have a partner again? I don't mean anything specific. Will she take care of herself? Yeah. Cool. Mm -hmm. Okay. If you guys have questions or comments, you can email us at info at Your questions and comments are the things that we use to generate more content. So we appreciate that if you're submitting them. Um, we also encourage you, if you have the time and the energy today, to like and subscribe to your favorite podcast platform as well as YouTube. That helps us get these um, great stories and these great lessons out to a wider reach. So thank you in advance for that. And as we've mentioned multiple times throughout this show, you're always welcome to join us on patreon.com forward slash by Sarlo for your monthly toolkit of emotional and intuitive intelligence. Have a beautiful Saturday.